Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Friends Church. Happy you're here this morning. August long weekend. Can you believe it? This one feels different than a lot of them have felt in the past, hey? It's like, whoa, we're midway through the summer? This is crazy. We're just kind of figuring out what this new re-emerging life is going to feel like going forward. Just glad you're here and you're able to share with us. If you're watching online, we're happy you're, you're joining us from wherever you are. Um, every week we take time to um, do what we call charitable giving, and it's just an opportunity to that we give our community, those that are w- watching online or those that are here in person, to be able to to give financially to Friends Church. It's also a great opportunity for us to be able to say thank you. You know, every every month um, I'm signed up for Kathy and I are signed up for pre-authorized giving, and I get an email every time my account gets our accounts get pulled. So it says, hey, thanks so much. You've given X number of dollars to Friends Church. And, we're, you know, but, and every time it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's happening. And uh, it got me thinking about all those of you that heroically have supported Friends Church consistently and regularly through pre-authorized giving. That, that amount that comes in every month as an organization is so incredibly valuable to us. Um, to keep the wheels moving, to keep this organization pointed north and doing, focused on what we're doing, allows us to budget, allows us to plan effectively, making sure that we're staying within our means, that we're not expanding too much, we're not taking on certain expenses we can't afford to take on. And um, I just, I want to thank you for that. You probably feel the pinch when you see that, that amount being withdrawn and the fact that you do it and you believe in us, believe in this thing called Friends Church. It's, um, it, it's amazing. It's great. So thank you. And, you know, for those of you out there that maybe haven't yet financially supported us, but you like what we're doing, maybe you've heard messages, maybe you're new here and you're checking this all out. Um, don't be shy. You can give too. All right. We'll let everyone in on this club, right? Um, but absolutely zero pressure. We're just grateful that those that can are able to support us. You can support us online you know, through our website, through our app. You can give at the back. There's a little black box back there. It says donations on the back of it. There's envelopes. Put your check, cash, if you still do that, into there. You can even fill out the form on the back of the envelope that says, hey, take this out of my credit card, whatever. Uh, and and you, we can get that all done. All right, we can make that happen. All right, I'm just going to adjust my microphone as Vince gives me a cue from the back. He's going, something's not right, so we'll just do that. Right on. How's that? Is that better? All right. I'm given the, I'm, I'm given the mediocre sign from Vince, so it'll have to do, all right? <laughs> oh, geez. So I, I've been away. Miss this place. Every time I go away, I watched online from where I was, and just I'm glad to be back. I've been thinking about this message. Uh, over the summer, we kind of get to free wheel, choose messages that aren't part of series so it's stuff that's kind of brewing from within. Um, and I, I get excited about these opportunities because this is something that's been kind of stirring inside of me. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about change. change. is Change can be hard, can't it? Um, I still remember the day when uh, my, the guy, my buddy, who we started Friends Church together, this was like 20-some years ago. Still remember the day when he got the team together 
We were all sitting in a circle in a little office space that we were renting down in Silver Springs. And uh, he told us that he was going to resign. And I remember the news hitting me like a truck. I was like, no, you, you can't be serious, pal. I, I, he told us, you know, I, he had just been wanting to move on. He, he had been thinking about it for a long time and just felt like the time was right to do it. And uh, though I, I was, obviously I was sad because he was a close friend of mine. We'd been doing this for so long and it had been so good. But in that moment, all I could think about was all the change that was going to have to happen. Uh, we were a small team and we we're each wearing numerous hats to make the thing all go on. But I began thinking about, oh, filling his spot and how we were going to do that. I remember just in that moment, all these emotions just flooding through me. I remember the fear and the stress of the days and weeks that followed as I and the team, Vince and the rest of us, spent embracing new roles and expanded levels of responsibility. I mean, the sleepless nights, the worry about money, like how, how are we going to make all of this happen? He was such a big part of the chemistry of the team. It's easy now in hindsight to look back at that window in time, to look back at that experience, all that happened, and to realize that actually a lot of good came out of it. Friends Church actually took on a whole new identity following that season. Hindsight's beautiful now, but in that moment, it was terrifying. Terrifying. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you struggled with a change that had been introduced to your own life? Maybe one that you didn't see coming. Or maybe one that you could see coming, but there was nothing it felt like you could do to stop it. Many have experienced these kinds of seasons in their school or career. You know, you get, you get into a particular school year and it's like, things couldn't be better. You got the best profs. Perhaps you got a school of, you know, a, a crew of friends and, and, and it's just great chemistry. You just, you're just soaking up every day, every moment. There's parties, there's friends around you. It's just working. You love what you're studying. Maybe it's at work. You got the best manager, boss. You're being rewarded. You love doing what you do. It just, oh, couldn't be better. But then... The school year ends. Or changes at the office are announced. Your boss walks in and says, I'm going to be transferred. Layoffs are announced. A restructuring, a merger. And it's like, no, please don't do this now. We've experienced this with our health. Perhaps. Oh. I was chatting with someone the other day that said, 
I mean, her and her husband had lived these incredibly active lives. They were hikers, they were bikers, they were runners. And then one night he had a stroke. And it changed their lives forever. This happens, an unexpected pregnancy, a career-ending injury, an illness, sometimes just aging. Have you ever, <laughs> some of you maybe know what this feels like, but man, sometimes someone will take a picture of me and <laughs> I'll look at it, I'll go, no, no, what happened to you, Jeff? Where are you? You know, I'll look back at some Facebook memories, I'm like, I want to go back. <laughs> uh, change. Some will experience this with parenting. Your roles as parents change. News of that pregnancy. It's like, whoa, we're going to be parents. Or that day when, the first day of school, when your first kid goes to school, it's like, Or they start dating. Or they graduate high school. Kathy and I were out in Kelowna just uh, recently. We took a holiday out there with some close friends. My oldest son lives out there. And so we got to see him, him and his girlfriend, Aaliyah. We had such a great time. So we're out on this boat one day. We're hanging out, having just this amazing time. And my son proposes to his girlfriend. And his parents were like, oh. It was just such a special moment. And we're so proud. We're so happy for them. We're hugging and she's crying and Jay's like, can you believe this, Dad? I'm just like, I'm so happy for you, but there is a sadness that I can't explain. My role as dad is changing. Like he's gonna have a new father-in-law, right? It's like these change is difficult. Now we get back, meanwhile, back to the ranch, our two younger boys are talking about moving out. More and more, they're saying, oh yeah, we're going to move out this fall. I'm like, hang on here, hang. Kathy and I, it's bringing up all kinds of emotions and we're not even sure what we're feeling right now. It's change. We'll experience changing relational seasons, relationships. Someone will move away. Maybe there will be a breakup. Maybe a divorce. Maybe your kid stops playing hockey and now that circle of friends, that community that you always hung out with at the rink, everyone took turns bringing Tim Hortons. You know that whole hockey community is now gone. Without announcement or warning, a relational season will come to an end. Let me ask you something. If you were to think back over your life, let's say the last 10 years, you've likely had to face 
some sad or some angry or some scary moments as seasons of your life have started to come to an end or just abruptly ended. Let me ask you something. What have been the most enjoyable chapters or seasons of your life? If you just think back, what were some windows where you went, oh, man, that, that was great. I think back to the window when we started Friends Church. It was intoxicating. We're on the State College campus. It was this new thing. We're trying all these things. People were flooding in. It was just like, can you believe we're doing this? It was just, remember when Kathy and I were dating that season? It was like, oh, man, hello. Oh, I can think back to a number of seasons. Can you think back to what was probably some of your most difficult seasons of your life? Is there one that stands out where you're going, oh, it just makes, gives you that kind of sick feeling even as you think about it. I've been asking people that over the last little while. One woman said, when I found out my husband was cheating on me. Another one talked about bankruptcy. Oh, man. Let me ask you, what has been the most memorable or life-changing seasons of your life? Where it's like you came through it and you knew you'd never be the same. Interesting note. (laughs) Most often, the most life-changing are not around the best seasons, but they're often around the worst. That's just something I've noticed lately. It's a dot I've been connecting as I've been asking people for their stories. It's like, isn't that some? Rarely does someone say, oh man, my life changed when I got that new vehicle. (laughs) No, don't do that. Times struggle. I'll come back to that. I noticed when we were out in Kelowna, all the talk about what fruit was currently in season. Obviously, it's a big industry out there, but every time we went to pick up fruit, they're going, hurry, hurry and get your cherries. They're coming to an end. And I, I've I was like, oh, yeah, what's next then? Oh, then there's, you know, and they'd kind of go, oh, there's peaches, and then there's avocado, whatever. And I'm like, huh? In my mind, you know what I was thinking? Are seasons even a thing these days? Like, we live in Alberta, man. I can buy bananas, apples, oranges when it's minus 35 out and we're deep in snow in January. Like, in my head, I'm going, like, can't you pretty much get anything you want these days whenever you want? I might be ignorant there, but it's like technology has kind of made seasons almost feel irrelevant. Isn't it true? It's like we're not really paying close attention to seasons these days, unless, of course, it's the end of August. The, the beginning of fall is not a good feeling for me. I don't look forward to that one. But other than that, seasons just kind of seem to be blending so much, and nothing, nothing has done it worse than the pandemic. Isn't it true? It's like we've been locked down for months. 
unable to see and experience life with others, while we've been locked down in seclusion and isolation in in each of our homes, people have been getting older and we can't see them. Some have gotten sick. Some have died. And we weren't able to attend their funerals. Babies were born. Little, little ones have started walking and we couldn't watch that. Couples got married and we couldn't attend their weddings. Kids graduated Some couples separated, some divorced. People lost their jobs, others changed careers. And we don't see it. And now as life emerges, it's like we come out and we're seeing people, we're seeing kids, we're hearing what life has happened since we've been locked away. It's like, what? I've talked to more people over the last little while that are just saying, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, I just feel disoriented. I, 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 I'm, cr- I'm just trying to wrap my head around life right now and I don't know what's going on. I will take a flying guess at that. I'm guessing that some seasons have come and ended. And perhaps even new seasons have started and you weren't there to notice or acknowledge them. You didn't see it when it was happening. You didn't see that kind of that season pass. A new season starts, and now you're expecting it to be here, but it's here. Central to being healthy and alive is the acknowledgement and the embrace of the temporary changing seasons of our lives. Central to being healthy to feeling alive, to being in this moment is the ability to acknowledge that some seasons are coming and they're going. And embracing it, not fighting it. Not resisting the changing temporary seasons that come and go. But if you're like me, and this is human nature, we fight the seasons as they come and go. We cling we hang on. It's like me hanging on to Kelly going, don't do this to us. Let's keep it. We're on a roll right now. Look at the people rolling here. What, what? One of the most common tendencies of humanity is to stay too long. You know what I mean by that? whether it was a job that you stayed in, whether it was living with a particular roommate, (laughs) a financial investment that you're holding out hope was going to come back. You know, you just hang on, you hang on as that thing is. It's amazing how many people will look back and point to a time in their lives when they should have let go. They should have walked away. They should have cut their losses. They should have moved on somehow. But they didn't. They held on. Why? Because it was safe. Because it was comfortable. It was familiar. And the alternative was terrifying. Some relationships, they call it WBS. You know what that stands for? Warm body syndrome. We stay with someone because they're a warm body. 
dating, work partnerships, even some toxic relationships and friendships. You know down deep it's unhealthy. Every time you walk away, it's like, oh, I lost a part of my soul in that conversation, that interaction. Every time they treat me like that, why? But the alternative is terrifying. So we stay. All of these ways of staying too long are common. Season has ended. Change is necessary, but we don't want to accept it. The problem, though, is that if we hang on too long, what should have been a graduation, what should have been a celebration, it's high fives, it was good, it was fun, but now it's done. What should have been a celebration becomes a divorce, fraught with ugly emotion. Hard, awkward feelings. There's a story in the book of John about a conversation that Jesus has with one of his followers. I remember when I first read it. Every time I visited the story, it was disturbing to me because it, it just made Jesus out to be like kind of an asshole. That's the truth. I was just like, oh, I don't like what that story does. I don't know if you'll remember this. Jesus had been already been crucified. He'd been brutally executed. His dead and broken body had been placed in a tomb. They rolled a stone over the tomb. His followers, closest followers, came the next day to mourn the loss of Jesus. But weird, the stone was rolled back. They're looking in the tomb, and his body is gone. This is traumatizing for this woman named Mary who's very close to Jesus. She is, the Bible says she's weeping. And this man approaches her. She thinks it's the gardener. And she looks at this man and says, have you taken, like, what, what have you done with him? Please, just tell me. I'll, I'll get his body, I'll bring him back. Please, crying out loud, just tell me where he is. And the guy leans into her and says, Mary? And she looks up and she says, Rabbi, is that you? It's Jesus. Can you imagine? You've just watched him die. And all of a sudden, there he is. She's freaking out. She's want to run up and grab him. It's like, oh my God, you're back. How did you do the word? I don't know what, how she's reacting, but I can just imagine her. Just want to just grab him and hug him. And what does he say? Don't hold on to me. Don't cling to me. I'm like, you jerk. She's PTSD in this moment. She's like, trying to wrap her. And you're saying, don't, don't cling to me. I could never figure that out. Until I started thinking about this story in the context of the seasons of our lives. In hindsight, we knew Jesus wasn't sticking around. At least the way the story is told. It's like he appears almost in bodily form and then he was only there for a short time and then he's gone. In light of the story, I wonder... If Jesus wasn't looking at Mary and saying, Mary, we're not going back to the way things were.
there's Mary, man, wanting to get the band back together. It's like, this was so good. Could it be that Jesus was looking at her and saying, we aren't going back? Could it be that he knew that in order for Mary to embrace the next season, she had to let go of the last one? And he's going, whoa, 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 don't get too excited. That was then. This is now. If you were to look back at your life, have you felt like Mary at times? Just crying to have something back. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a career. Maybe it was a group of friends, a community, an experience. I remember thinking back to times even in my spiritual journey when everything just seemed so clear, so simple, so black and white. It was like, man, I would come into a community like this on a Sunday morning. It was like, yeah. We have the truth. We know. And there's God. And, and it's just like so uh, real and clear. And then questions began to form. And then difficulties and stuff happening in life that messed with all the formulas. I look back to seasons of my life and go, oh, and I see some people who, who are that way now. They're there in that chapter of their lives, even in the spiritual journey, and they're just so certain, and it just makes so much sense. Everything, there's formulas, and you just do this, and you just pray that. And I look back and go, oh, I remember that season. Oh, so easy. Ever felt like Mary? Usually the ending of a season involves some form of grief. That's what I'm learning. To, to be able to let a season pass by often requires a sense of grieving because there's a loss of something. A sadness, a lament. Remember after Kelly quit the church, I, I didn't recognize this in our community. But as staff, we had to, we had to shift gears it was a time where we began realizing, man, we got to make change. And we started making changes. Church felt a lot different. And I remember watching people, remember some conversations with some who were just saying, I just want us to go back. Why can't we just do things the way we did it? They're just grieving. I wish now I knew, I knew, I knew then what I know now. I would have just taken almost time for, for like a season of funerals for what we had saying it, but it's gone now. So let's tell the stories. Let's share the moments. Let's, let's show the pictures of different times and things that we did as a community back then, because that was then. And this is now when we got to say goodbye to embrace a new thing. And we need to do this sometimes in our own lives. In fact, often when the season is ending. 
every now and then the Facebook memories come up and remind me of a, of a chapter. Well, I just, and I can feel the emotion come up and I keep going, frick, Jeff, you were such a suck. Why are you, why are you almost in tears looking at this picture of your boys? I'm just like, because I'm sad it's over. <laughs> I don't want it to be over. Sometimes we need a bit of a funeral. We need to be able to say, I'm, here's the thing about grief. Because I, I, I get mad at myself sometimes. I'm saying, you got issues, Jeff. <laughs> like, come on, this happens to everyone. I'm just like, here's one thing I'm learning. If it matters to you, it matters. There is no emotion no thing that gets stirred up inside you that's real, that is invalid. If you feel it, feel it. You're angry about something? It's okay. Just feel it. We've talked a lot about emotions over this last year. How important it is to just acknowledge them. They're a way of telling us the truth. That's what they say about emotions. They have a way of telling you the truth. You can say whatever you want in your head. Your emotions tell the truth. If your emotions are talking, listen. Something likely needs to be addressed or acknowledged. So there are great seasons that have come and gone that are hard to let go of. But then there are these weird other seasons that contain some painful or ugly memories that can be hard to let go of. It's weird. You'd think that we would just bury it in the past and never talk about it or think about it again. Sometimes the most painful chapters have a way of remaining alive inside of us. We can find ourselves replaying and revisiting the events of a certain chapter it just stays alive in our head. Have you ever had that? Where you want it to go away, but it just keeps waking you up. In the silence. When you're quiet, all of a sudden, it's like something comes back, and all of a sudden, you're asking yourself, how could I have been so stupid? Perhaps, how could I have trusted that person? Why? How could I be so naive? to believe the things that those people taught me. How could I have treated her or mistreated her or him that way? Why did I invest all that money in that? What was I thinking? Why did I stay in that relationship so long? It's weird as we replay these things, we start building these categories that are so dangerous, aren't they? It's like so black and white, so right and wrong. I was so wrong back then. They were so wrong with these labels. They were jerk, stupid, this, that, negative labels. And they're not very helpful. In fact, they make it very difficult to minimize the energy that those chapters have over us. They actually keep it alive. They keep the hooks in us when we live on those negative labels. I'm learning actually 
in order to, to kind of diffuse the energy of a former chapter, an ugly chapter, traumatizing chapter. There's power in being able to let go of those labels, to reframe the story. Rather than saying, that was right, that was wrong, how could I, when, bop, 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 bop. that was then, this is now. Something as simple as saying, man, if I would have known now, known then what I know now, I would have done it differently. But I didn't. I did the best that I knew with what I had at that time. This reframing is, uh, is another really important piece of being able to let go of a season. I never admitted it to many, but I was really angry at Kelly when he left. Down deep, I thought he was selfish. I was keeping the party line. I was telling everyone, you know what, it's good. He needed a change. Down deep, I was like, look at what you're doing to all of us. So look at what's happening here. But there was some point, and I don't remember when, but people began to point to all the healthy changes that had happened to friends after. They're going, look at what amazing things came about as a result of that catalyst. Even some of the staff team, all uh, those that changed over, new people that came in, people began to point out, going, wow, this feels different. This is good. I wasn't smart enough to see the good that came as a result of that, but something happened where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, this was a great thing. This might never have happened if that hadn't happened. I am a different person because that happened. Now, you think about your most difficult and challenging chapters of your life, the one you were just thinking about a moment ago, and you think about how you have morphed and changed, the new skill sets, the new strength, the character, perspective, I don't know, whatever. You think about what happened as a result of that. And now, now think about a different way of telling that story going, yeah, because that happened, look at how different I am. I'm more compassionate than ever. I used to be so callous. Now, I used to be so judgmental. Now, no. Man, I remember I used to get stressed out about this kind of thing. (laughs) Now? Reframing is really helpful. Let me talk about one last thing. And that is the terror of the new season because that keeps us stuck often. The unknown is terrifying often. Not for everyone. There's some people that just, they can't get enough change. They just eat it for supper. They just, oh, I need something new. I need something different. That's fine. Go away. I don't need to talk to you right now. (laughs) For some of us, we hang on. We try to stay in a past season because we're afraid of not knowing what's next. 
the disruption of the familiar is paralyzing for some. The, we need the predictable. We crave the predictable, the pattern, the routine. Soon as we start looking into the unknown, we start asking, like, what if it's really hard? What if I get really lonely? What if I actually go backward? What if there's some kind of suffering out there? What if I can't do this? It can be so unnerving when we realize just how unchartered life can be, isn't it? It's like no one's there to say, oh, oh, where are you? Oh, oh, come with me, Gordon. This is your next step. Come right, come right this way. Oh, oh, come on through, Anne-Marie. We got something planned for you right now. No, no one's doing that. No one has a freaking clue what your next step is. And when you all of a sudden realize that going, you mean it's up to me? And I, I could just go anywhere and do anything? When you've had life kind of boom, 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 and all of a sudden change happens, it's like that can be paralyzing. Sometimes the next chapter doesn't immediately start either. Sometimes it's not obvious what to do next. Sometimes you get laid off and you don't know what your next job is going to be. A relationship ends and you don't have someone else to run to. We can find ourselves in these in-between states, not knowing. They call it liminal space. You heard of this term, liminal space? It's a space in between two seasons. There's all this uncertainty, this fumbling around. It's like, I don't, I don't know where I'm necessarily going. People say, oh, so what's next? It's like, frick, I don't have a clue. For some, it's the awkwardness of dating again. Or applying for a job. I haven't filled out a resume in years. What the heck? Terrifying. For some, it's like having to get out and just meet new people. They've, they've always known everyone in their community and then they got transferred and now they're coming into a new place. It's like, I don't even know how to make friends. Like, I've just always had them. Some people have all this time on their hands now. Now they're like, I'm sick of Netflix, but what else would I do? <laughs> it's like, I, gotta, I guess I've got to come up with a hobby? Or a cause to volunteer with? I got an answer for that one, just so you know. You can see me later. Some, for some, it's entering therapy. For some, it's entering recovery. Just awkward, disorienting, unclear. Because it is so unclear, because it can be so terrifying, many will just try their best to skip liminal space and run straight in. They'll make all kinds of Bad decisions because they're going, I will not sit in this place of not knowing. They've been too used to knowing. I know when I get paid every month. I know who does the emptying the dishwasher every... I have my routine. I need it. And so they will jump as hard as they can to land in something 
just to get back to routine, schedule, predictable, comfortable. If you go through the wisdom tradition, if you read the mystics and the sages who have come before us, they always talk about the beautiful things that happen in liminal space. It's, it's this terrifying but life-changing season where we grow more attuned. We begin seeing and observing patterns in our own life, in the people around us. We begin to see stuff that's been creating a mess even in our own lives we couldn't see before. Things become so clear in this space. Why? Because all our reference points get knocked out. We don't know who, how we're going to spend Friday or Saturday night. We don't know who's going to be next in our life. And so, like, our senses are just like this. We're just watching, trying to figure out what's happening here, what's going on. We're more open than we've ever been in liminal space. I often watch people walk through this door for the first time. And I say, why are you here? And they go, I'm not even sure. But I just know I'm going through a bunch of crazy stuff. And I don't know where it's headed. I haven't been in church in years. But I'm just trying to ground myself. I'm trying to figure out stuff. I go, oh, in my mind, I'm thinking, welcome to liminal space. You're in for a trip. And it will change your life if you let it. And that's key, if you'll let it. Because many are white-knuckling the change of the seasons. And they're going, no, 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 no. I'm going to steer this thing. But liminal spaces, ah, 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 oh, 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 let go. Widen your peripheral. Tune in. Jesus will always say, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Often the ones that were like mind bombs dropping as Jesus talked were the ones in liminal space. They didn't have all the answers. They're just like going, tell, what? What? What did that story mean? about me there hey wait a second am I in that story maybe I'm that guy in that story liminal space oh I wish it didn't hate I just didn't hate that feeling so much because it's beautiful if you're here right now settle in if you feel like you might be in a little space don't panic don't, don't be racing to, to try to jump ears and make a commitment and, and lock yourself in. No, no, just... Lean into the discomfort. If you're listening to me this morning, maybe, maybe you're going to li- listen to this delayed this week. Maybe you're going to be uh, tuning into our podcast or watching the video later. Look at me. If you're white-knuckling right now, I just got one thing to say. Just loosen up. Whatever season you're trying to hang on to, let it go. Just loosen your grip a bit. Maybe you need to just take some time to grieve 
the loss of something you don't want to say goodbye to. Maybe you need to reminisce and tell some stories. Maybe, maybe you need to just go through some photo albums and remind yourself that was then, this is now. Maybe you gotta go and stand in front of the mirror, look at that old picture, say that was then, this is now. Maybe you need to forgive yourself of some former chapter that still has a life. Maybe you need to let go and forgive of someone else. Maybe you need to reframe the story. Maybe there's some of you that just need to lean into the uncertainty of the liminal space and look for, anticipate some personal illumination and growth. I don't know what your next step is. But my prayer for you is that you'll take it, whatever it is. Because there are new seasons waiting for you. As we emerge from this pandemic, I have a feeling some of us, whether we want to or not, we're gonna step into new seasons. And the worst thing is when you find yourself in a season, and your head and your heart is in another season. You can't embrace what's happening right here and now. And the, the loved ones that are sitting there looking in your eyes and they're hollow. There's no connection because you're just back. Embrace the season. I want to pray. Spirit, God more than creator, universal, you out there, I pray that you will illuminate my eyes to see the things I'm clinging to. Help me to spot it. If I can spot it, I'm going to do my best to let go. For anyone else out there, I pray that too. May I be able to stay in this moment right here and now and make the most of it. Amen. So, think about your next step. May you live in this moment. May you be free to stay present and embrace the season that might just be arriving. It's my prayer for you. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, thanks. It's been a little bit warm in here. I'm sweating up here. I don't know if anyone else is. But hey, it's going to be November soon, so let's live in this moment right now, okay? This is the season. Okay. All right, great. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week. Oh, I'm back next week. I got my ideas for next week, but I'm, I, they're not developed enough. I don't own them yet, so I'm not going to tell you what's in. But whatever it is, it's going to be good. I'll tell you that, okay? We'll see you next week.